Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Uh, You go to many countries, countries like India, where Christians are grounded in the Lord and they love the Lord. And yet they don't have all of these things that we have to grow in our faith. Something is missing. Something is missing. I think the commitment aspect is missing in our churches today, as well as the scriptures not being taught to believers in our churches So we're talking about being committed to the mission of the local church. The word mission, what I mean, let me tell you what I mean by the word mission. I mean assignment. I mean duty, charge, purpose, the reason for our existence. The mission of Calvary Chapel, Cary, listen, is teaching others to observe all things that Jesus has taught us. The mission for our church is simply teaching the Bible. That's what we do. You know, for years, I've told you, we didn't have a mission statement. Um, I'm not really big on mission statements, to tell you the truth, largely because our mission is to teach the word of God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to teach this book. That's the mission. It's not that complicated. I didn't think I really needed to write it down, so I never did. But then yesterday, as I'm doing this study, I decided to write a mission statement. Amen. So I wrote a mission statement out, and I sent it to somebody to proofread it so we could put it online. And largely, not because for you or those who attend the church, I, I, I thought, well, let me just go ahead and make it clear that what we do here at Calvary Chapel is teach the word of God because you put it online for people to read. People who go to your website want to know what your church is about, what it is you do. So I actually wrote a vision and mission statement for people, for the world, when they go to our website. But certainly for us, it's very clear what we do here is we teach the word of God. We don't, um, you know, I hear people say, Pastor Rodney, we've got this program. We ought to do, do, get involved in this program, get involved in that program. I'm sure all of those things are wonderful. I'm sure they're great. But what we do here at Calvary Chapel is we teach verse by verse the scriptures. That's what we do. That is our lane. That's where we run. And that's where we stay. And any individual or any church that would seek to fulfill the Great Commission in reaching the world must be committed to teaching the word of God. The primary role of the pastor and the shepherd is to feed God's people. Jesus cares for his people and Jesus cares for his sheep and he cares that they are healthy. Are you listening? In other words, he wants you to be healthy. He, and in order for you to be healthy, you have to eat. And in order for you to, in, in order for you to be healthy and you eat, you got to be sure that you eat the right thing. God wants us to be 
eating or being fed on his word. Lambs need milk. They need to be fed. And God's people, God's sheep, need to be fed. And we need milk first. I think of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the, the pure milk or the sincere milk. That word sincere means without wax. Or pure, same thing. Pure milk of the word of God that you might grow. We need the word of God. Now you might remember. Let's go to John 21. Don't turn there, but listen, it's post-resurrection. And the disciples are eating breakfast on the Sea of Galilee around coals of fire. And Jesus asked Peter, you remember, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said it three times. Jesus said, Peter, the first time, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my lamb. Jesus said, do you love me more than these? The these that Jesus is talking about, I believe, are these fish. Because fishing was Peter's livelihood, was Peter's way of making money and taking care of his family and paying his bills. And Jesus is essentially asking Peter, Peter, do you love me more than, than making money? Do you love me more than, 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 than your livelihood? Do you love me more than these? Probably pointing to the fish, but Peter was a fisherman. And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He's, Jesus said, feed my lambs. The second time Jesus asked Simon, son of Barjona, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. The third time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter was grieved, annoyed. And he said, Jesus, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, why did Jesus ask Peter three times? Well, we really don't know. Scholars believe, many scholars believe, because Peter denied the Lord three times, that God is giving Peter the opportunity to make this affirmation for, of his love for Jesus three times. But we don't know. But what we do know is post or Peter lost his commission when he denied the Lord. He was warming his hands around coals of the enemy's fire but it was there on the beach during breakfast on the Galilee that Jesus picked Peter up and he dusted him off and he reinstated him and recommissioned Peter and said Peter if you love me then feed my sheep Jesus said feed my sheep in other words these are God's sheep God's people are God's sheep not the pastor's sheep not our sheep we are pastors, we're caretakers of the sheep that belong to the master. We're under the shepherd, and Jesus is the good shepherd. And we as under shepherds should emulate what the good shepherd does for the sheep. What's that? Feed them the word. Jesus said, Peter, if you love me, feed my people the word of God. Don't feed them your opinion. Don't feed them spiritual fast food. Don't feed them pie in the sky blessings that are going to come down and fall on them. Feed them the word of God. God wants his pastors teaching his people. You know, I think of the nation of Israel during Jeremiah's time. And the nation had turned away from the Lord and the pastors and the leaders and the people and ministry had fallen away. And God says in Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 23, 3-4. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them 
and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Ezekiel 34 deals with God putting shepherds over his people to feed them. Paul told the church in Ephesus before his death in Acts chapter 20, verse 27 through 29, For I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of the word of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock of God, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and patience. Notice Paul tells Timothy to preach the word. Don't preach philosophy. Preach the word. Don't preach politics. Preach the word. Don't preach psychology. Preach the word. Don't preach your own opinions. Preach the word. Don't preach your own views or your own feelings or don't preach out of the word or don't springboard from the word. Oh, we've all heard that. Springboarding from the word. So you ever, have you ever heard this? The, you, go, you go to church, pastor says, open up to so-and-so, you read the scripture, and then he starts talking, and then he continues to talk for about two hours. You never go back to the scripture. That's springboarding from the word. Teach the word. Timothy is to preach the word. We've seen it over and over. People preaching everything but the word. Pastors and churches are not teaching the word of God. We talked about it. And it's difficult, isn't it, to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. That's an unfortunate, sad commentary on the church today. That it is hard to find a church teaching the Bible. It's hard to find a church teaching. People tell me often, I've been looking for a Bible teaching church forever. It is hard to find a Bible teaching church. I don't know what these pastors are teaching if they're not teaching the Bible. I don't know what they're teaching. God wants his word taught. And this is how you feed God's word to people. You feed them verse by verse, I want you to hold your place here. Well, as a matter of fact, you can leave Matthew and go to Nehemiah. Go to Nehemiah with me. Nehemiah chapter 8. Listen, Nehemiah, Ezra, Nehemiah. If you go to Job, you're going too far. If you go to Job, you're going too far. If you go going to Psalms, you're going way too far. Come back. Ezra, Nehemiah. Look at uh, chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Some of y'all don't even know where it is, do you? You got blow, you got blow dust off of it. You never seen it, have you? Nehemiah, chapter eight, it's on page four thirty-five. <laughs> Nehemiah, chapter eight. I want to show you something. I love this. I've been wanting to get to the scripture for weeks. Nehemiah, chapter eight. Love this chapter. Nehemiah, chapter eight. Now all the people gather together. As one man in the open square that was in the front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law, that's the Bible of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. 
And so Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women. And all who could hear with understanding underlined that on the first day of the seventh month. And then he read from it in verse 3. In the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. Before the men and women and those who could hear with understanding. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And so Ezra the scribe, are you looking at verse 4? Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood, which they made for the purpose. And beside him, at his right hand stood a bunch of guys. (laughs) And in verse 5, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was understanding, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. They reverenced God. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, what they answered, saints? Amen and amen while lifting up. This is a Pentecostal church right here, right? Amen, amen, while lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And all of those guys... Help the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. And so, get your pen, they read underlying distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they underlined, gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priests and the scribes and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat. See, we say don't eat the fat today, right? They said eat the fat in the Bible. Drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not sorrow. Somebody be with me. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Look back at verse 1. Just peruse with me. The people gathered as one at the water gate. Now in scripture, water symbolizes the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Write this down. Ephesians 5.26. That he might sanctify, cleanse us by the washing of water by the word of God. Psalm 119.9, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. So, water symbolizes the Holy Spirit and the word of God. So they gather at the water gate, and Ezra brings out the book of the law. And men and women are listening. He's preaching to all who could hear with understanding. Look at verse 2. And he stood before the people, 13 priests total, six on the left, seven on the right. He taught all who could hear and understand. And this is the first and primary goal of the preacher teacher. People listen. This is the first and primary goal of the preacher teacher is to cause people to understand the word of God. If people don't leave with a better understanding of God's word, you failed. If people leave having been entertained, you failed. If people leave having had some great illustrations spoken to them, you failed. If people leave admiring you, you're so great, you're so good looking, you failed. 
If people leave and they don't have a better understanding of God's word, you failed and you will be accountable to the Lord for that failure. Notice in verse 3, Ezra stood before the people from morning till midday. They read the word of God. Think about that. Six hours they were attentive to the word of God. Six hours. Some people have problems focusing for six minutes. Six hours. And some of y'all say my sermons are long. My sermons are short. This is six hours. They stood listening to the word of God. Somebody once said, the brain cannot absorb what the seat cannot endure. That's true. But understand the scene. For six hours, people are attentive to the word of God. For six hours, the law was spoken. For six hours, the spirit of God was moving. For six hours, the people's hearts were touched. The people were attentive to the book. When Ezra opened the book, verse 5, the people stood up because they had respect for the word of God. They recognized it was the word of God and not men. And today, saints, listen to me. Look at me. Today, it is sad in the church that we don't respect the word of God as we should reverence the word of God. Do you understand? This is the word of God. This is the Bible. This book is holy. And we should respect it as such. I don't think we have the same respect that they had and even that our grandparents had toward this book. You, I remember a time if you dropped the Bible. Remember y'all, Anybody remember that? If you dropped the Bible accidentally, people go, oh, man, you're going to hell. You, you, drop, you, drop the, you drop the Bible. What do you do? You drop the Bible. You don't drop the Bible. Because it's holy. It's, it's a holy book. And, and no, the leather bound is not holy and the paper is made of trees. It's not holy. No, but the words that are written thereon are holy. Am I right about it, saints? They're holy. It's a whole word of God. And I think that it would serve us well to respect it. Guys, are we losing that word in our culture? Respect. We talked about authority and leadership last week. Now we're talking about respecting the word of God. When God's word is taught, listen, Calvary Chapel, listen, I'm your pastor. If you're visiting, thank you for coming. Calvary Chapel, I'm talking to you as your pastor. Let's be respectful people toward the word of God. When God's word is taught, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. It's all right. I'll wait. When God's word is being taught, let's respect that. Don't, you know, don't walk Don't walk out when somebody's preaching God's word, whether you're in this church or you're in some other church. Don't get up and walk out when somebody's preaching the word of God. Don't do that. It feels disrespectful, doesn't it? And people don't say stuff like this anymore because it's just not PC. I mean, everybody come to church, you do what you want to do. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. (laughs) I got that. I got that. Somebody need to tell you what to do. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he right. Right. Don't do that. It's disrespectful. It just feels disrespectful. I'm a pastor, and I see it. I actually see it all the time. And and, and I don't speak for myself. 
I speak for pastors around the country. I speak for pastors around the world. It's disrespectful when God's word is being taught for people to get up and walk out. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when you have to get up and walk. Listen, if you're about to bring it up and it's coming and you got, listen, by all means, please go. All right. Please, you know, you just go, please go. There's a time. Yeah, you got to go. I get that. But just because, you know, well, he's going a little bit longer than I thought. And I was, you know what? I had my pizza ready to be picked up at uh, at 11.15. And that's why they went to 11.17. That's just too long. <laughs> really? For real? For real? Let's respect God's word. The people respect God. Let me tell you something. And if you respect God's word, God, God will respect you. God will respect you because you respect his word. You reverence his word. The people reverence the word of God because they understood it was the word of God and not the word of men. It was a holy book. All the people thanked God by saying amen and amen and lifting their hands and giving thanks and they worship and they bow. And no two things that you must see. I'm, I'm coming in for a landing, but no two things you must see in verse 8. Look at verse 8. Two things. Number one, taking notes, they read distinctly. Number one. And number two, they gave the sense. They read distinctly and they gave the sense. They read distinctly. That means the preacher should be clear and speak clearly and should be easy to understand when he's speaking the Bible, when he's teaching the Bible. Read distinctly. Every word distinctly. Read the Bible. Every word. Help people to understand the word. Don't seek to impress people and entertain people. Read the Bible and read it distinctly. Second, they gave the sense. The preacher should communicate the sense of the passage. It's not only to communicate the words that are on the page, but a good teacher gives you the sense of what's going on on with the words on the page. The background and the history and the heart of the people and what's going on. They're giving you this. That's Bible teaching. Where they're giving them the sense of what's being taught. The preacher should communicate the sense. Not his own agenda or his favorite topics, but help people to understand the word of God. Isaiah tells us, and it's a great memory verse, saints. Isaiah 28.10, great memory verse on how God's word should be taught. For precept must be upon precept, precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. You know what? I just want to hear it. Y'all read it with me. Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's how God's word, that's how God's word should be taught. Precept upon precept. So idea from the Old Testament, idea from the New Testament, a precept from the New Testament, precept from the Old Testament, put them together. We, we understand this is what the word of God says. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's how God's word should be taught. Verse by verse. And when you teach verse by verse, saints, listen, it is safe. Verse by verse is safe and it keeps the preacher balanced. And let's the Bible say what the Bible says and not what you wanted to say. Verse by verse is safe. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. It keeps the preacher safe. It keeps the preacher balanced. 
It keeps the preacher so that just when you think you understood something over here, where you keep on reading verse by verse and you come across something that conflicts what you thought you understood over here. And now you got to go and reconcile those things in the scripture to see what the scripture has to say and where's the balance. You can find yourself out of balance when you only teach topical. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with topical. There's nothing wrong with topical. As a matter of fact, we've been doing a topical for four weeks. Commitment to the local church. I don't have a problem with topical. I will tell you something. For me, topicals are hard. Topicals are hard for me. Verse by verse is easier. It's easier. If we end at verse 16, we're picking up at verse 17 next Sunday. It's easier because you know where we're going. Not that y'all read ahead, but that was, remember I read y'all? I read y'all a statistic last week that said you don't do that. Most people don't. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.